you get my breath back. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome along to episode 76 of the Sofa Manager Scottish Football Podcast. Uh, the formerly weekly podcast and the fortnightly podcast, and kind of the monthly <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, so sorry for the irregularity. Uh, joining myself, Paul, uh, on this week's podcast, and I am the ropiest <laughs> announcer of Scotland, as well as one of the brightest assistant announcers. Um, I was wearing my bright yellow jacket to the Falkirk game at the weekend. Yep, you stuck out like a sore thumb. I did, but uh, trying to get noticed for the cameras, as uh, as I was in the back of shot of... Uh, the Air United game on BBC Alba, no, BBC Scotland. BBC Scotland. Uh, in fact, the other week, so it's my second television appearance of the year after my clapping fiasco. <laughs> uh, if you want to go back to like episode 74, uh, 73 to see that. And joining me uh, this week is a face you might not recognise. Not been on for a number of weeks now and is milking the podcast for all his worth. Uh, spending some time uh, editing together his little GoPro Footage uh, from the summer holidays. Aye, very Instead shaky. Joining us here, not so GoPro. It is brother Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Hello. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. Mm, very much a man who built his house on the sand. Uh, he was eager and optimistic about the Falkirk game uh, on Saturday <laughs> against Party Thistle. Didn't quite pan out. Well, and well, watching the first thirty minutes, you'd, I think I'd take it to be honest with you. But Your again, best. they were a much better team than us, so. There we go. So we'll be talking about that. We'll be previewing the sort of championship running, who we think will uh, make it in the, to the playoffs, the relegation ones, as well as the promotional playoffs. Uh, other topics, we can discuss the BBC Scotland coverage uh, we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I went to the rugby, so we'll talk about the atmosphere there, the difference there. Also, the Sunderland Netflix documentary. Finally got round to that, and some other goings on in Scottish football over the last few weeks, as there's been plenty to talk about surprise surprise there so let's get straight into things shall we so first things first i think we start with uh, perhaps the ever controversial glasgow rangers mm-hmm. andrew so a lot's gone on with them <laughs> in the past few weeks i mean uh, playing Hibernian was probably the start of things with a fan uh, running on to go for Alfredo Morelos. Slightly less successful than the Birmingham fan that went for Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish yeah. uh, but the Jack Grealish one had more severe consequences in that Grealish <laughs> scored the goal yeah. uh, to win the game, which was excellent. Uh, but Gerard under a bit of pressure now. A few questions being asked, not for the first time this season. Definitely, yes. I feel like... The European run did him a lot of good and it sort of raised expectations above what he was going to actually achieve. Mm. I feel like it didn't help that Jermaine Defoe said that Rangers should be Rangers fans should be happy with the progress they've made. But again, they're wanting to cement second before they can run up against Celtic. But again, Aberdeen still there, Kilmarnock's nipping away. Well, the thing is Aberdeen had two quite... Uh, undramatic draws in the Premiership. One with Celtic, great. Same one with Livingston. Livingston, yeah. Not so great, but in that time, you know, obviously Rangers drawing with uh, Kilmarnock getting punted out of the cup by Aberdeen. Yep, not uh, been a good week for them at all. And I think many will have seen that as the cup they would be most likely to win. You know, after the old firm game earlier in the season, you know, they kind of have a shot in these one on one fixtures against Celtic now. Yep. You know, on their day. That's very true. Um, but it's a funny one. I just. I've not seen a lot of Gerard as a manager because of this, you know, BBC ban. I don't see him interviewed very much and things like that. I don't yeah. keep up with the Rangers TV and the BT Sport and things uh, quite as much. But he he has come out with some pretty, you know, daft statements. I feel like he's a bit 
as player management's I'm going to call it old fashioned because mm. a lot of the younger ones that are coming through now they've been nurtured so much that they're not they're not expecting someone to shout at them or mm. like blast them in public. No. They're not expecting that. So I feel like you should find a balance there but again Rangers are dropping in and out. The Aberdeen game I tell you what Aberdeen were played really well. Absolutely. No, defensively they were they were solid. There was no no mistakes, no nothing. If if they could do that against Celtic, they could maybe soak up the pressure. But well, I think they've got the best central defender in Scotland right now, probably McKenna in Scott McKenna. I think so. It t- like yeah, but there's times where everyone's prone to a stupid mistake though. But it just matter. Had a huge argument with a Hearts fan earlier in the week that he claimed John Souter was a better defender. I right, Is he John was Suter dreadful. John Souter's not a better defender. If he no. was a better defender, he'd have been long gone. Not at all. Um, yeah, I think uh, what I find weird about Gerard's comments sometimes it's always directed towards the fans. You know that wasn't good enough for the fans. Yeah. So he's he's very much aiming his comments at what they want to hear. But he's been criticised heavily for a lot of his you know tactical moves, like his substitutions and stuff, mm-hmm. have been a bit off. And you know, uh, this this he's been going through a bit of rotation in the squad, trying to find the right defensive pairing. I know people called for Katic back in the team. Yep. Then Worrell as well, which I find Worrell's a weird one to be on, on loan from a championship team. Worrell gets a lot of sick on Twitter, a lot. Like right it's just any it's constant abuse. But then once he scored, who was it? I think did he scored against Celtic or was it Aberdeen or something? I've seen a few pictures of him rolling away celebrating. Yeah, but he's like when he scores, they do like they're happy with him, but they don't want to keep him. That's the problem. I think especially with fan bases these days, is you're never going to make everybody happy no because i think especially as ranger manager with rangers if you make one mistake in a big game against celtic or something that's you could be hated for a very long time because it is quite hostile Mm. well it doesn't look like the season for a trophy no but i think sort of their mentality is sort of wrong so when things aren't going their way they don't necessarily try and dig themselves out fairly because if you looked against um, mm. the Kilmarnock game, it got mm. a bit heated with Al McGregor trying to punt the ball at him, that mm. he tackles flying in. It's one of those you kind of expect, especially from Gerard about professionalism, mm. that he could try and implement that. But it's not, there's nothing you can really show that they've matured enough. Well, I think between them and Hibernian, they're making good cases for being the most hated clubs in Scotland. Yep. Uh, I, you know, I don't meet many neutrals out there that like Rangers, you know, as an Aberdeen fan. Big rivalry with Rangers. Falkirk don't like Rangers. I think a lot of people, you know, in the championship as well, because they had that competitive spell in the championship, you know, Dundee United won't like Rangers. Hearts won't like Rangers. Well, Dundee United have got a different... Rangers absolutely despise Dundee United for the fact that... They they were the ones that openly came out and voted them to go down. Or they were quite brutal about it. entitled to do that at the time. Yeah. I mean, it didn't go well for Dundee United later on. No, it didn't. But that was their own doing, and perhaps a bit of retribution. Game, I think it was the fact they came from the. They had to go through the lower leagues, and they've, they've obviously mm. annoyed people in the process. They annoyed Falkirk in the process because you had sort of the fan incidents with them setting the pitch on fire, etc., mm. etc. Et but again, we got a penalty, which was about eight yards out. But well, see, that, that's the problem. I think we're going through a real trouble in Scottish football at the moment with the image of fans, and now that. That weekend, if you actually look at it as a whole, you know, with the the Hibs fan coming on, punching the Rangers yep. person, we had, you know, Falkirk at Greenock as mm-hmm. well, causing trouble in the street with Cousins and stuff like that, a pitch invasion. And, you know, with all the stuff going on with the referees and stuff, we've just got this toxic atmosphere at the moment. The, that- the annoying thing with it is... When you look at the fans, it's it's a very small minority. So, like, we're talking percentage-wise, mm. the amount of incidents that go on out with and how many fans 
are totally against it. Mm. Like, it's not funny for anyone because it just brings down Scottish football and then you've got the full thing of England laughing at us or anything They're, just, like they're just as bad well, in we, many Exactly, because you've got, like, sort of, like, the Chelsea racism, you've got the Millwall Family Club of the Year who love a fight. Yeah, they were stabbing uh, Everton fans yep. and stuff like that. So it's, it's something that, I mean, is it is it alcohol? Is it drugs? Is it... Well, it, I think it's nutters. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, it's people who you meet in the street, and you'll know, you'll meet these people, and just think, you are a nutter. I played in one of the Sunday League football teams that I play in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a right back that's called Pitch Invader Paul. <laughs> I was like, you really want to name them? <laughs> no. Okay. But, um, Not me, by the way. It was the Villarreal, it was a Villarreal game. He got... He was the one that ran on. Oh, brilliant! So he's now got a lifetime ban from Scottish stadiums. Well, I know people have, have ran on as well. I remember people I used to work with um, at a sports uh, company were taking selfies on the pitch at Hamden the day Hibernian. Yeah. <laughs> but again, Scottish that's where it all started to go wrong because, like, the fact is, like, when, like, if you look back, uh-huh. at, like streakers, it used to be a funny thing. Do you know what? I used to have a mobile phone game for, I want to say, my Sony Ericsson W810i. Like in if you did have a Sony Walkman phone, because they were excellent. 3.2 megapixel camera. All the range back in the day. <laughs> um, but it had, you know, the wee Java script game, you know, the wee mm-hmm. joystick for, And there was like, it was called Pro Football 2004 or something like that. But in the middle of every game, a streaker would come on. Yeah. And it would be pixelated. I mean, the graphics would be terrible. Yeah. But you, you would have to run and avoid policemen and things. This is a, a feature I think FIFA is sorely lacking. Yeah. But um, at this moment in time. So, um, uh, yeah. But what, what would you say about. There's been sort of pundits, etc., coming out claiming that you should get guns at football games. It's not. That was daft. That was an overreaction. Because if you think about it, you've never actually. Well, there could have been an incident, but maybe a like foreign. But... I mean, you, they they have measures at grounds. You know, we spoke about before getting frisked outside and being disappointed about not being frisked because you don't look aggressive enough. Yeah, but although I... that's never been the case with you. Well, no, because we went to the Aberdeen game. Both of you got through, and just because I'm younger, I'll get searched. No, you look like an ultra. I don't. That's your problem. Not even slightly. I still get, look at this green hoodie. This is militia. Style and a oh, beard. sorry, a Nike running hoodie. Look like an ultra. Oh. I'm just saying. Um, but you know, in comparison, you know, I went to the Scotland rugby game against Wales, and you know, you're sitting amongst Wales fans. There's beer, glass balls, and you know, if you went to the average pundit in the street, you know, I've got loads of friends that will like all be tuned in the rugby, will go to the rugby, love the rugby. It's just this huge national community thing. Yeah, and football absolutely isn't. Because I think the difference with sort of rugby is, like, there's a big sort of drinking culture behind rugby, so basically... Big drinking culture behind football. But I'd say more so in sort of rugby, because they've got their own, like, they've got their clubs, and you can drink at the club, whereas Mm -hmm. if you look at, like, sort of, like, football terms, like, people will go and drink before and after the game, but Mm -hmm. in terms of rugby, they don't fight at the game. They fight on the train home or the pub after. Mm Mm-hmm. Because well, no, they go out with each other, they have a laugh about it. I know, but like they do, but like I'm talking about Scottish fans like between each other because I've been mm. on the train home and there's so many problems. And it is if Scotland lose on the day, there will be there, there was like three fights lose, breaking. Though. It. We always lose, yeah, but even when we're winning, we lose. But the thing is, at the rugby, there's very few fights at it, whereas at the football, it's there. I think, I think the rugby is perhaps not taken as seriously, it's not as 
passion driven we'll say well it's not passion driven but I honestly think there's some people that go to the football and the only thing in their life is the football and that's you know each to their own and stuff like yeah. that but it puts a very serious spin on it and again this is where the toxicity I can't even say it yep too many words that's where that comes from and it you know poisons everybody to the point where you see these comment sections which are just ridiculous yep and we've seen a lot of this around you know things like the Martin thing with Falkirk again but the thing is like there's a level to it so it's basically it is a bit of fun because it's funny like, yeah, but these comments are not banter driven. These are some of them are. So, some of them are. Like you can tell who's just. Some people just go for a wind up, mm-hmm. and then basically after it, they just like you've taken it too seriously. Like there has to be a sort of level of fun to it because I feel like people are a lot too like in this society anyway. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's easily offended. That's true. Yes. Because if you compare it to like back in the day, don't when go you, back through our episodes. <laughs> like if you compare it back in the day, so basically, say when we were younger. Say if you like went on the PlayStation or something, you played still a, young Andrew. I don't know why you played a game of Call of Duty. It was just sheer abuse, and no one would take offence to it. Whereas if you tried to find that now on, like, say Fortnite, you don't find that. Mm-hmm. So basically, a lot of people are a lot. I don't know. I'd say touchy about every subject. But then they're more volatile as well. To say there's, yep. there's extremes. I guess that's maybe where the internet is pushing us. But this is But the last the last example I would give is you might have seen this floating about Twitter as well is the the Berwick Rangers. Uh, social media admin <sighs> guy was ejected this week yep. because I think there was a game against Albion Rovers or something last mm-hmm. week and there was a, a ruckus in the, the sort of dugout area where the Albion Rovers manager told the Berwick Rangers manager to take a, a bleep out of his face yep. uh, which is not the most witty and clever comment well, I've you, seen you've, seen, you've seen better on Twitter but, but they, they sadly let this, this lad go um, who's done a terrific job on the Berwick Rangers <laughs> social media? I hadn't come across it until then, sadly. Yeah, but it was they tweeted about getting ah, uh, updates to follow. We've got lost in a cul-de-sac somewhere, going to some League Two yeah. game and things like that. And it it, it, it kind of highlights to you that it's not it's not a football club anymore. It's a football business. Yeah, it's... and there is so much of like you know, there, I mean, you're disjointed from your club in so many ways now. In that you know. You're not working alongside the players anymore. The players aren't part-time anymore. Yeah. And there couldn't really be much more of a degree of separation. But the thing is, like, if you look at the players sort of now, there's very few sort of... Like, if you look down in England, mm-hmm. like, see if they've got some players that have grown up through the youth system, went yeah. through it, whereas we're pulling players from, like, England or just random... Like, not, a lot of people can look the at the club. clubs and you're lucky if there's maybe two players in the sort of like 18 that will get named on a Saturday Mm -hmm. that actually support the team want to play for the team Mm. there's people that look like they want to play but again they turn their back on their club like that just see that's what I find remarkable in this day and age is you know due to budget cuts and things youth academies are being shut down left right and centre yeah and how do they keep the turnover of these players coming in and out and out because you know, you're producing none and each year you're having we Volker have turned over 25 players in one year yeah Um. And it, it it just baffles me that that is not a sustainable business model, I suppose. But it must be stressful for the people having to constantly. And you lose the attachment, like you know. Well, with the f- if you're looking at the finances, like again, it's. I think if you look at teams like Hamilton, they had better attendances in the Championship than they did in the Premiership. They had more success, I suppose. So it's. I don't know. Like if you go and watch your team get beat week in week week in week out, it's going to take a certain kind of fan mm. so you've got the dedicated ones you've got the people that go because they're winning and it's good to watch but mm. 
again, if you look at some teams, say like a lower league team, like mm. well, when East Ireland were a, were in the top in tier, the they were notorious for just getting beat and beat and beat. They were. So being an being an East Dublin fan, you could just see it dropping off and off and off. It's no fun. No, I've not had a fun season this year, to be honest. So, I mean, I'm. If you were to ask me, if I knew about this situation now, mm. and when I bought my season ticket, mm. I'd tell you I probably wouldn't buy it. Mm. I would go to the occasional game. I would still go, but I wouldn't put myself through that every week. Well, let's talk about that uh, because for Andrew. Falkirk season ticket holder, myself. One of the head volunteers, I like to think. <laughs> so it's a role I've entirely made up. Uh, for Falkirk Football Club, who are essentially the club who have paid the most money to finish in what is almost certainly the bottom half of the championship. Yeah. At best. Again, every team sort of goes through a blip, let's call it. But again, we've went through a performance one, a financial one, a reputational one. Misconduct, yes. It's- it's fine, we're now friends with Greenock. We're going to get back together, cuddle I mean, we're away. Still, we're taking their best midfielder off them as well. No, not their best midfielder. Tidzer is a distinctly... Okay, what is it? Michael Tidzer? Yes. So Michael Tidzer apparently signing with Falkirk on a, a free contract, a boss man thing in the summer. Yep. Uh, no, he's a distinctly average midfielder. I don't I don't know what... You're telling me he's better than someone like Paul Payton? No, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all, but I don't know why... I don't know if it's just to spite them or it's to pay them back or something like that. Well, someone McKinnon knows in terms of player signing, but I think what Falkirk needs, and I think this is where a lot of teams have gone wrong. You actually saw it a lot in that Sunderland documentary Mm -hmm. in that they bought in, you know, when they went into a championship, a lot of established names, people that you'd heard of, um, which I think, you know, were the Wigan wingers, wasn't it? McLennan, McManaman? McManaman. They brought in McManaman. They brought in... Like Johnny Bruce, Williams. Johnny Williams. Who I actually quite like. Quite, quite a shy guy actually came across. He is a good footballer. Like, from what you can see, he is a good footballer. But he gets injured well too easily. Well, see, when, is... I, when I watched him at Charleston in League One, in the flesh this season, he was a, he was a beautiful footballer, frankly. Yeah. He just, the passing and stuff was like class above. And you can see how he was kind of a Premier League footballer at one point, but maybe just lacked the yeah the fire and the gusto. And I think you could tell he lacked that confidence quite enough. But I, you know, I think you could argue Dundee United did this as well. And you know, again, buying in the established stars, and it's landed them absolutely nowhere. Yeah, because if you look at it, sort of like you had they they did. To be fair to them, they bought players that did prove themselves in Scottish football. So you had So, who was actually mm-hmm. like. That season with Hearts in the Championship, he dominated it. But mm. from what I've seen from him this year, I've only seen him for about mm. 30 minutes or so, but nothing. Zero. He's just a big lanky. And he can run, which is, but he can't finish. Yeah, but then you've got Peter Pollitt as well, who was Aberdeen's sort of... He had a really good piece of form there, but he's not... He was the I main was, man going at the League Cup finals that year, but again, yeah. I was not impressed at all. The move well, down to England really didn't do him any... He was bossed by Tommy Robson and he was... I, I honestly think someone like Paul McMullen was probably stronger. Yeah, definitely. Um, and again, strong bench, you know. I thought signing Aidan Nesbitt and things like that was a great piece of business for them. But it, it looks like for Dundee United, again, the championship is going to elude them. Yep. With probably someone like Ross County who just know how to do the business. I feel like they're, they're just quite a professional team though. So basically they all... They've all tried to stick together. They've mm. kept most of like they've kept most of their players. They know how they're going to do it, and it clearly never worked for them last mm-hmm. year because obviously it's a it's a much more it's mm. a step up because you're taking 
because if you come down to the championship the budgets are very similar to an extent I think Ross County have the funding behind them not to really care I think Inverness will kick themselves because I think on their day Inverness are as good a team as Ross County Yep. but just started the season so poorly with so many draws and things like Mm -hmm. that kind of left them in the dust Um, Air United dipping off a bit yeah dipping off but I think they can be happy yeah because they've they've really proved that like it's obviously sometimes difficult moving from League One to the Championship, yes. but again, this is the second season it's happened. So Livingston coming up the year before, and then Air. But I, I think you look at what happened to Livingston recently as well, and Livingston are now in that total no man's land between the teams that are going to get relegated, the Hamilton, Dundee, and the St Mirren. Yep. And they're like they are 10, 15, 20 points ahead, so mm-hmm. they're fine. But Air United as well, I think, just fizzled out a bit, and whether they lost the impetus or they're just fatiguing a bit. I think it's a there's a lot to do with momentum because again, when Livingston went into that playoff to go up, mm-hmm. no one expected them to go up. No one. Well, the, the problem they're going to have as well is it looks like they're going to be dismantled because uh, a lot I of think, players are losing their contracts. Well, I think Craig Halkett's been looked at by mm-hmm. Hearts. Scott Pittman, I was reading, has been looked at by Aberdeen. Uh, so you know their top players are going to be picked off, and where does that leave them? Probably relegated back to the championship in That's the next two true. or three seasons. It could be anybody because there's so many struggles. I mean, it depends what they do with their money because I I feel like Livingston have been smart with their business because they're getting a lot of players on pre-contract. I think they've been incredibly lucky Yep, as well. With with no doubt what is brilliant coaching and a fantastic team ethos. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think there's a great deal of luck there and, you know, the players they're adding have not been the players they had before. I think particularly, you know, I've heard a lot of people moan about their front line. This Dolly Menga seems to have gone completely missing over the last few weeks quite literally if you looked at his statistics before it was never anything but then to, to have about. what is it Chris Erskine you know Lee Miller these are not guys that are going to do the business for you week in week yep. because they, they just don't they're, have they're that just, fitness they're getting there um, so yeah bottom end of the championship is where the conversation is to be had two yep. of the biggest teams in the championship certainly by attendances uh, Partick Thistle and Falkirk very much in a dogfight for uh, who's going to be in the playoff for the Seaside Leagues. I fully expect to be back at, a Fal- at the Falkirk Stadium putting together a playoff list this season, I think. I, re- I really sorry. hope not because, again, you've seen it with sort of uh, Wraith Rovers because like, the season they had wasn't good when mm-hmm. they went down. But again, it's totally different than going from the Championship to the Premiership because if you lose a game, you're out. Yeah, well, down. you've got you've got to go through the same process and as the rest. Financially, that's not going to that's going to hurt either Partick or Falkirk. Well, this season must have cost easily three hundred, four hundred thousand pounds already, and possibly we, half a million. I don't know how much fees are exchanged for these players. But again, like if you look at like most of the players that we've actually we've had to pay them out the year contract, a lot of people, and then all of them seem to be going down to like like out of the Falkirk players, they've all went down to like. Uh, What's it called? The Conference South, the Conference North. Well, some of the English guys went back down south, yeah. Prob- probably the most high-profile club I saw one of them go to was Tom Dallison, who was a centre-back, went to Crawley. Well, people like Muirhead went to Air yeah. United and, you know, Kerr. Oh, my goodness. Air See, when Mark Kerr came to the Falkirk Stadium for Air the other week, the passing was sensational. It's brilliant. Like, when, him... Why did you never do that in a Falkirk shirt the season before? Backwards, backwards, yeah. backwards. He was pinging them across the... There was one moment he, like, flicked it. Passed it through to someone and I thought that would have been like a Ronaldinho-esque goal had it gone in. Yeah. Of course, because it's Mark Kerr, didn't happen. Um, which is very frustrating. But, you know, Falkirk's fortunes 
had turned around, especially you know after the January window. Yeah, I think the the goalkeeper Harry Burgoyne's been a humongous part of that. He's been fantastic. Uh, Again, coming out for the ball, but he's still young, so obviously that's he's one of the only keepers I've seen in a while that I think could go on to big things. A la Schmeichel, Cruel, yeah, you know, and Co. Because he's like the shot stop and the reactions they're all there but there's just one or two bits that we don't have yet but we're obviously not going to no get that but i think the, the defense certainly got a lot stronger as well you know i think someone like paul dixon at left back always does his job yep. i don't think he's ever spectacular uh, but just does things generally doesn't make too many mistakes and he I hasn't been harassed too much in terms of pacey wingers i don't think i feel like it's been sort of a good balance though because they've went for the experience in the youngster so they brought in the young boy mckenna from america and they put him next to Edge and Gelly. Again, he does he doesn't look confident nope, at times. No, he looks terrible. No, but he has shown some games. When he's not challenged. Yeah. But again, we've still got Edge and Gelly. He's he's just he's definitely just an insurance package for us. Oh, but he looked like a dead man walking. He's against good, Partick. But two like, games in a week he can't do. No. He was legless against Partick Thistle. But again, he's he just he's so much better than because if you're looking at it from like the weekend standpoint, he saved us a few times. And yeah, but, uh, Osman was dreadful. The part like the ex Partick. Well, a lot of people saying he's he's not had a lot of game time. You know, I don't. He didn't have a lot of game time when he went to Partick. He didn't have a lot of game time out in Turkey. So it, it it would be a matter of patience. I think someone like Paul Payton, who I was very skeptical about at the start of the season, has yep. really kicked on mm-hmm. and does look like a good player. I think he was quiet at important times during the game, but maybe he's just doing the engine work. Yep. Um, but again, it's I think it's a new sort of formation they use. Like at the start of the game, part- what's what's the focus on? Is it on the wide men or is it through the middle? The the focus is for Falkirk. It's on like we are trying to build sort of like, well, I'm not going to say it like the like you know how you had the Roman sort of stance. So basically with the shield, uh-huh. right? And this is going to sound ridiculous, but they're all stuck together, and then basically every time they go to defend, you you see the five and uh-huh. then the three. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So the five is because Osman drops in. But again, we've always got the pockets like out wide, left and right, because we don't push them. It's the centre mid. So the left and right centre mid push them. The left and right back stay. Well, it's never worked. No, but again, <laughs> how many goals have we conceded from this? So basically he's found a system with the players he's got that we soak up the pressure and we'll, we get about two or three chances a game and we take one of them. I think for me that is their their biggest flaw in that there is no cohesion going forward. No. At all. Whether the system's too complicated... Balls are consistently being punted up to Rudden, who's never won a header against the defender. And like a one-on-one heads-up situation. I'd love to ever. see sort of Rudden play alongside the Jarvis, Jarvis. because he's he's very good in there. But again, but the then, understanding is not going to be there. But then you do that, you're going to sacrifice either Petrovic or Kaylor Dunn. And the two of them often get into the best positions in the game I and say, fluff them. I, but the thing is, I'd say we'd start with Kaylor Dunn and switch him out for Petra at the end because they both have I had this argument the other day Petrovic is, is not a good footballer he's very fast he's fast that's all the one he can he never right at the crucial time looks up and makes any decision no. he runs towards goal and then gets tackled because he's not made a decision about A to shoot the goal I can't remember the last time I saw him score like a a clean strike. Well, if you if you looked at it, I think it was the, was it the Queen of the South game where like it Possibly. was. If you look back at it, every time he gets the ball, I don't think he knows what he's doing. Doesn't, he just goes for a wee like, dance about the ball and tries to run. But Keeler Dunn has the same problem in that he touches it too much. Keeler Dunn too many flicks. There's yep. one too many thing that always gets him to lose the ball because he's he's very good at dribbling. But well, no, he's not because he I'd say always he's good at, loses the ball. I'd say he's good at dribbling, but he's not very good at passing it. 
I think they're the biggest downfall. I think Ruddon is the biggest headless chicken in Scottish football at the moment because he's he doesn't get the service for one. Not a, no, but and then Jarvis comes on, wins the headers, and there's no one to pass it to because yep. they've never really played together apart from in the last ten minutes of games. Yep. And when they did play Jarvis against Ross County, Didn't he work. was weaked off after sixty minutes, which I don't think is a fair assessment because that's a difficult team to play. Yep. But uh, I think Ruddon, he is he is a headless chicken, but. I think the fact that he keeps going all games sort of saved us at points because he's got his points. Oh, he can be a brilliant finisher. Yeah. If you look at most of his goals, they're like wonder goals and like good headers and stuff like that. But our attack is just not consistent enough to actually pressure teams. No. And to dominate games. Because it seems to be like the last substitution he's making is to put three up top. I think generally that's how the attack is with three in that Kaylor Don Petrovicius Ruddit. Yep. as a three with McShane coming in the only time McShane did that at the weekend they blimmin' scored because he's like, a finisher he's the, you have no idea in the championship how poor the finishing is and I've been harping on about this for years but you look at Queen of the South have one good footballer who is a finisher and he gets all of their points Yep, and look at where that puts them they've been in playoff contestions and things like that in recent years because they have a finisher mm-hmm. nobody well, no one has a consistent finisher. You can look at Shankland for periods of the season. He's yep. kind of gone off the ball. But I think when he got injured, it was he's still coming back. But ah, again, he only got one. Like when when you see him, you give him one chance. It's different, him. though. Exactly, which we don't have. That's the other thing. Air United fans apparently going to be playing Fireball in the future due to my playlist picks at Falkirk. So I'm very excited <laughs> about that. If you do hear Pitbull and Fireball, that's that's me. You've got to play him. Hopefully, like, I feel like. As soon as you played that, like everyone in front of us just went, Pitbull, you've got it right. Because it's Pitbull. It's like, a brilliant song. It's, oh. da, 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 da. I often think the fans don't appreciate it. And they probably don't. Oh, I mean, there was a few laughs in front of me, so you definitely got something. Gets it going. <laughs> I like it. you got, you got to bring that atmosphere. Um, what, what did I go for this week? It wasn't really, you didn't really go for atmosphere this week. Oh, I went for da, 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 yep. da, da. And we must be the only team in Scotland that doesn't have a chant for that. Well, we had Miles Hippolyte, but then he... No, we never chanted that for him. Dunfermline chan- fans chanted that for him. We never did. No, we did. We didn't. We honestly we did. Never. We did. Don't recall it. I will happily put money on that. They are honestly the least creative fans in Scotland. The navy blue, the navy blue, <laughs> the navy... It's the colour of the kit. Are you having a laugh? Like, where did that even come from? I don't know. It's abysmal. <laughs> Absolutely abysmal. That's my chant of the week rating. I think that could be a feature. Chant of the week. Chant of the week. Uh, what was it? They were. What were they chanting about? Paul Payton at the weekend. Part of this were like. Uh, oh. Paul Payton's. I think pretty terrible. I can't remember the Partick fans then, but then tough as bleep is what the the Falkirk fans. Aye. But like again, <laughs> that was a bit fun. Like, did Paul? Pop, I'm guessing Paul Payton used to play for Partick. He played for everybody in Scotland. Again, I, I didn't know who he played, but I knew he played for Plymouth before us. But what brings us nicely on to Partick, um, who are our main challengers at the moment and really thwart us, you know, every other week. They got points against Ross County, for example. Yep. In the most recent weeks, and I must admit, looking at their squad at the weekend, you know. Some big names, you know, on the bench and stuff like that as well. They, they can... looked good, though. Well, they... Not in the final third. Well, do you know what? Scott uh, Scott McDonald's a snake. He's a good player, though. But he's like, every time... Like, don't get me wrong, he's so clever in what he does. Because every time he goes up for a header, he'll do just enough not to get a foul. Aye, but he knows what he's doing. He's, yes. He's an experienced footballer and, you know, a top-class player. Didn't quite get the service 
uh, at the weekend, but they were dominating for spells. Mm-hmm. And Fogger dominating for spells, hence why the sort of draw kind of came to pass. But, you know, to have people like Gary Harkins and things to come on. Yeah, because he'll just control it from that. A, br- a brilliant footballer. And, you know, a lot I feel of like Queen of the South really games. do miss him as well. Probably, but he obviously wanted a slightly bigger move. I don't think he'd be too happy with, you know, coming in off the bench. I yep. thought he was a much better player. I thought the boy Brannigan had a pretty... Meh. He seemed a bit bog standard. Yeah, I was I was less than impressed with him, but uh, a lot of big guys, a lot of skinny lanky lads that were bullying our defence. Mm-hmm. Blair Spittle surprisingly didn't impress me at all, because every time I've seen him play, he's always been quite impressive. He didn't look half the player he was at Dundee United. No. I always thought when he was at Dundee United, he would be the next big thing in the Premiership. Yep. Him and Simon Murray. I still believe Simon Murray's an excellent footballer. Where's he now? Uh, South Africa. Wow. Uh, if you go on to, I'm sure our, uh, well, I wouldn't call them competitors <laughs> as such, but there's a podcast, How's Your Touch? Yeah. Kind of caught up with him and what he's up to. Uh, I can't remember what the team is in South Africa. It's, pro- it's not good though, yeah, is it? Do what? Loving the dream. Uh, nice atmosphere, nice weather, new country. You know, might as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it's his choice. He never worked out at Dundee. He never worked out at Hibs. Well, other players that are struggling with their mental health might consider something like that. That's true. Um, so, I Spittle hasn't quite been the, the player I expect him to be. But, but I, f- I do fully believe that Gary Caldwell is a totally incompetent man. Yes, I've n- I thought that was a bit ridiculous. <laughs> uh, to start off with, when he, when he had Wigan... It looked like what he did with Wigan was just told them to do the same thing the previous manager told them to do. Yeah. Well, that's how it always starts. Uh, but he really didn't popularise himself with the fans. I genuinely uh, think he's just a ste- he's a slight step up from Paul Hartley. He's a sidestep. He's another player with a big reputation who I think would have played with Scott McDonald at Celtic, I presume. Um, um, possibly. I, I think that would have been the case. Uh, so, do you think they will find the muscle power to somehow save themselves? I think it's a stronger squad than Falkirk. It's a stronger f- squad than Falkirk, but I feel like Falkirk's mentality is a little bit different. Right, so the, the, obviously the the the, kind of bl- the dark horse is Alawa Athletic here. I think Alawa are going down, and I think there's if Stephen Dobby be... does if Stephen Dobby gets injured before the end of the season, I think Queen of the South could be in the playoffs. Not Morton. I'd say Queen of the South because they're like if if Stephen Dobby gets injured, I think Queen of the South are in the playoffs. See, I would be. It would be such a shame for Alawa to go down because they would go down by a relatively narrow margin. Yeah. Especially compared to Brecon last season, who were decimated come like February mm-hmm. or something like that. It's mainly Alawa's lone players that are really shown for oh, them because that Zanetta was... They went on a great run of just points after points after points, and for some reason, all these terrible teams around them have just kept swamping them up. Yeah. And it must be so frustrating because you know they're. It is the David and Goliath yeah. situation. To be against Partick Thistle and Falkirk isn't fair no. for a team like Alawa. Uh, it would be gutting to see them go down. It would be very interesting to see what a team like Arbroath could do if they come up, although their momentum's kind of swaying yeah. as it goes. But again, the... Alawa's... Alawa were quite lucky to come up as well. Oh, usually. But at least they've actually shown... A lot more like, I mean, Brecon was one of the worst. I think that's probably one of the worst seasons in championship history. Yes. It they, has to be. They, this week, actually, had to cancel a murder the, mystery evening. Yes. Did you read about this? No, you told me. But. Oh, brilliant idea. It was framed in terms of a, a player's awards 
mm-hmm. evening or the end of year awards and someone had been murdered. Yeah. I thought, that sounds brilliant. I would pay 40 quid. 40 quid? Well, I don't know what it was. It was, it was something in the realm. So you got dinner. There was a disco well, after. Uh, well, yeah. Make a bit of money. But again, did it tell you how many people were, were interested or how I, long well, did it they, take to get cancelled? They said that it was fairly obvious from early on. So I think it must have been single figures. Yeah. But they paid the actors and everything. Mm. I was like, you don't get volunteers yeah. to do something like that. Or the actual player. I would pay for that. What, that the actual be, players? The actual players. Name a Brecon player. Uh, Darren Dodds. No. <laughs> I thought he got sacked. I don't know, probably. Who plays for Brecon? Jordan Tappen? Don't Tappen? know. That might have changed. They'll probably rotate players all day. Yeah. But, like, if you... You would pay and go to, along to see the Falkirk players act for an evening. No. Who, who would you? Who would you kill? Who would I kill? Who would, who would be the murder victim? Um, blah, 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 blah. Kevin O'Hara. Paul Hartley. Paul. <laughs> oh, that would make money. <laughs> that would definitely. If like if there was just a night where like if they just framed it, roast Paul Hartley, <laughs> stick him on a stool and see what he does with Falkirk fans because that was honestly one of the worst things I've ever seen. Well, he did. Um, he did a uh, not an off the ball. He did uh, one of those Cy Ferry things recently. Yep. Open goal. Uh, he avoids talking about Falkirk as much as he can. Yeah, but you know, you're never going to talk about the negative. Of course, you're going to talk about Celtic and the because Celtic again, he stuff. treated that like a pub team. Because appa- apparently, had the right idea. Like <laughs> apparently, the training was la- like it was very poor. The preseason was poor. He basically just expected the players to go out and do what they do because he just pulled them from England oh you came from this big team this big team this big team but every single one of them was dire oh well there you go Um, enough about the championship well no not enough about the championship Uh, there's been more of a spotlight placed on the championship recently due to live television coverage that got cancelled did it? Oh no, that was a uh, game postponed. Ross County Inverness, wasn't it? Yeah, that was fair dude. That was a waterlogged pitch or something. Or yeah. So Falkirk are still one of like we're the most featured. I know, but on our, BBC Scotland, our run abruptly stops after the two games. Yep. Uh, and the coverage is terrible. It is dreadful. I'm not going to hang back on that. Stephen <laughs> Thompson and Scott McDonald are horrendous, mm-hmm. which is a shame because I like Stephen Thompson as a pundit. Yep. Scott McDonald, not um, at all. <laughs> I feel like it look, It kind of looks like Stephen Thompson's brought his friend along just because he has to. They're so scared. I know. We would do a blooming better job uh, and know more about the... Mm, well, Scott McDonald knows quite a lot. I actually think the commentary is quite good uh, with Billy Dodds and stuff because he was shining quite a good light on you know what it was like to be with Ross County and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like like the commentary is not bad. Yeah, but the punditry is terrible. Yes. Definitely. I feel like you don't actually need pre like players to do it, but again, they're the cheap option. I think that the the real shame of it is they had an opportunity to do something very different with this coverage. And that's what I was really hoping. For. I was hugely excited, for example, about the news of that, that terrace yeah. uh, football show, mm-hmm. which sent out the first episode was a brilliant piece of television. Yeah. And that is exactly what I wanted from the championship coverage. Because I feel like why a few do knowledgeable it, guys, no taking themselves too seriously. If they genuinely thought about it enough uh-huh. and then instead of just trying to put the big faces out there, they might as well just take them mm-hmm. because what else are they going to be doing than the terrace? What else are they going to be doing than just that? Well, so yeah. they might as well give them the chance. Because they might actually go out and try and make it seems a bit rushed the coverage because again they're not going to try and make a big focus of it, but it would be good short, just to yeah. see a bit of build up just a bit just something different yeah I do not need the same nonsense spiel with some you know you know big fancy VTs and interview their VTs were terrible in that I think the the Falkirk Morton game there was one with an American girl interviewing 
the Dundee United owner, which was the worst piece of television I'd ever watched. Yep. They spent half the time talking about why we couldn't have booze and why it couldn't be like an NFL game. I was like, shut up. This is paradise. There's no... What, what, what's it, what's it, it called terrible. when they go around the stadiums again? Yeah, tailgating. Oh, that's, that's... What, that's what we're talking about. Yep. Meanwhile, on the terrace, we had a fantastic uh, piece. With, it wasn't Greg McKenzie. Who were they making cakes with? In his house, they were making like Empire Biscuits because uh, he was really good about it. I forget who it was, but it was hilarious. We had a fantastic piece on, I think, Rory the Lion from Wraith Rovers mm-hmm. uh, as a mascot. That's the kind of thing I wanted to see. Yeah. No, this. Total nonsense. No. Uh, and I'm extremely disappointed in them. But again, like you had the sort of... I think the sad thing is they're making the headlines for the wrong reasons because if you go on Twitter after the games, it would just be the bit where basically you've got the fans swearing. Mm. And then because they have to apologise oh, for that straight goodness. after, but it was so clear. The problem is when you make up at Morton, you know you're in for trouble because the other there's all the Morton fans that are always in that end. Yep. You know, again, it happened at air as well though. Well, and then one of the cameras got stuck. But then that's the nature of football, unfortunately. I don't agree with that. I don't think you know swearing and chanting it should be a thing. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it just goes part and parcel with the. Uh, the game, um, unfortunately, but uh, right, the terrace continues to live on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just the further episodes haven't been as good, but producing 50 minutes a week of television's uh, it's quite difficult, pretty good. and they've kept it fresh, lots of interesting features and stuff. So, uh, credit to the lads there. But uh, I think the problem with punditry these days is and they're all professional footballers. See, I get, like if you look at it, sort of, I'll compare it to like sort of match of the day, mm-hmm. so. Uh, sort of their comment, the comment, the commentary team for match of the day, mm-hmm. brilliant, iconic. They're really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at sort of what we get in the Champions League at BT now, mm-hmm. you've got people like Owen Hargreaves, who's the most dull human. Yeah, and McMahon, I don't like McManaman either. But by that extent, I don't mind McManaman. No. I like Danny Murphy and stuff like that. You know, it's just, there's no personality and there. Drives there's... me up the wall. I know, but like he speaks two words of Spanish a week and thinks he's hilarious. <laughs> like, why are the big pundits and things like that of years gone by? Like people like Des Lynam, yeah, for example, he wasn't a footballer. No, people like uh, you know Archie McPherson, the voice of Scottish football, was a school teacher years ago. And I honestly think, see, for people that it's their dream to get into footballing media, mm. it must be so difficult these days. Oh, so difficult. Hi, by the way, Paul, ring ring me. <laughs> if any big media execs watch this which I sincerely doubt doubt but you can take your chances you can take your chances yeah uh, playing in the staff of teachers game so that could be uh, no the teachers read people so that could be another big break again oh yeah that's big, you can break your leg big leg break uh, <laughs> booked in the last one can I get sent off in this game I feel like it's impossible to get sent off in a people's it's impossible to get teachers. booked in a people's <laughs> teachers game is it not a people that referees it uh, no, it wasn't last time. It was a people's sister, um, who was an actual proper referee. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why you'd want to be a referee in this day and age, but uh, took great pleasure in booking me for pushing over the cleaner's son. <laughs> um, I just scared him. He was going slowly. Um, but uh, I think they could have done a lot more for that coverage, and I'm extremely disappointed. If you want any recommendations, only watch the first half of Championship games because the <laughs> second half is abysmal. Dire. Absolutely dire show, yeah. There's our review on that. Uh, speaking of reviews, though, we've we kind of touched on earlier our sort of 
Netflix Sunderland's review. I was a little bit behind this. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it came out a while ago, but man, what gold. I mean, I bet you when Netflix went in there, they never expected (laughs) the season that unfolded. It's just amazing to sort of see it from the terms of you never see, like like the director... You never see that. Oh, Martin Bain. Like I was like, oh my was, goodness, that's the Martin Bain. Yeah. Formerly of Rangers Football Club. And... He was getting hammered. Was he? Like, I think he came they out of the documentary all right. Don't, they, no, he does come across well in the documentary, but again, everything that happens, you can see it's totally out of his hands. Because he's getting more money. Yeah, so he's getting absolutely hammered, and then you've got the sort of, well, Rodwell situation, which is... For him, it's infuriating. For Rodwell, he can get away with it. Well, the, the the problem was that documentary, you know, it showed them that it barely showed that Jack Rodwell at all. It barely featured that season. Because, again, they're doing it again this season, but they ask players if they want to be in it or not. They don't get forced. No. Well, they, they can't really do that. But no. Jack Rodwell was on £70,000 at Sunderland Football Club. They wanted to terminate his contract to free up some funds to bring in some more players. Yep. Because he was the only one without a relegation clause in his contract. Mm-hmm. Now, whose fault is that? Sunderland's. Or Sunderland's. No. Yes. Now, in his and you are in his position, right? Mm-hmm. You are a winning footballer, and you know that. And yep. I think he knows that. You're not going to get anywhere near that money. You're going to take at least 50% right, on that pay elsewhere. Looking at it from sort of a footballer perspective, yes. how many good years have they got? Who cares? 70 grand a year? Yes, but... 70,000 pounds. What he does with Sunderland, he has got zero interest in playing football. There are Scottish footballers that can play their whole career in Premiership and not earn 75 grand a week. But if you take, like... If you play football and you're getting paid that amount, fair enough. Mm -hmm. But it's the fact that he doesn't even make an effort. He turns up to training... He does everything he needs to do that he needs to do. He doesn't go any further. He doesn't mm. try to get back into the team. Yeah. He doesn't try anything like that. So that's why that you don't like him. That's that's a poor from a mentality and a human perspective, I suppose. Because like the the money thing, fine, I get. But if you're on that amount, uh-huh. do you not think this is my last season here, and if this is all I'm going to get, I don't want to drop down all the way to here. Mm-hmm. So if he actually just just even for six months just showed a little something then someone might actually give him a half-decent contract. Ah, he was beyond that, unfortunately. His attitude didn't permit it. Yeah, And they made a silly mistake offering that sort of uh, money, which was terrible because it was such a big club uh, to suffer like that. Um, he did get quite attached to them in the end, actually. Mm-hmm. Like this, so the sort of the changeover of the manager was a really good thing to see as well, in a sense. It was that first manager... Grayson. The, the way I always spoke about, you know, well, if I'm told something, I have to do it. There was no... I don't know, he just didn't strike me as a manager. He, no. There was too many things he was just comfortable with, whereas kind of Coleman came in and really tried to take things by the scruff of the neck. The only reason I heard of Grayson, I think it was Preston... He's been about those sort of leagues. Yeah, but I think it was Preston and the, the champion... No, it was one of the playoffs he was mm. in. And that's, this is when they had, like, Jermaine Beckford? Back in the day, but like again, it's one of the, it's one of the classic ones. Uh, one of the classic ones you see on Sky Sports from time to time. So mm-hmm. it's the only time I recognised him. But Chris Coleman was a good idea. Have you finished it? Yeah, finished it. As well. Yeah, it was a good idea, and at times he really showed that he should have stuck with his Welsh job. Yeah, he was a hero mm-hmm. for doing what he did. Yeah, that was a cushy role. I think you know. There's a time that you're just done with club football because at that level especially, your career's not going to last. Yeah, he should have. But I admire him for trying it 
and he did he did try everything that he oh, could yeah. Yeah. The, the, the but in, in the end like you sort of see him like squaring up to a fan because they've came and said this to him but like uh, I couldn't understand that well but uh, that was weird you just, uh, you just can't again that was an utter you can't speak to these people um, but oh it was nippy as well who was that player that like left grabbing Lewis Grabbin. Oh, what a scumbag he was. No, but the thing is, like, you know if they kept playing him, what they might have stayed up. What a scumbag. I know. I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to do it. But he just, he just wanted to be a big fish. That's that's what he is. He wants to be <gasps> a big not a fish. He's a big fish. He plays in the blooming championship. Yes, but you've, always, you've always got players like that. They'll always want to be a big fish. I did all right, Aston. Well, I don't know where he is now. Is he not still with Bournemouth? I think he went out on loan again or something like that. But again, he's still getting paid. I don't know. And he wanted. He just wanted to keep playing football. Who was it? The, it was the young boy that they started playing above him. They um, went to Bordeaux. Oh, Casri? No, no, no. Uh, Maya. Oh, Maja. Maja. He he's away to Bordeaux. He left them for Bordeaux. He was he was always a big talent. They said though. Yeah, but again, um, why would you go from Sunderland to Bordeaux? But I mean, it's a jump up the league, etc. I get that. Hmm. But I thought Bordeaux was a bit of a strange one. Well, big team, uh, French first division. Good on him. Something a bit different because the Premier League's a bit cutthroat with that kind of thing. Aye. Yeah. It's not exactly the most entertaining to watch in the world anymore, no. is it? So a good watch. It'd be great to have seen uh, a Scottish club featured at some point. I mean, uh, I don't... There's only a few Scottish clubs you can really show because there's not actually... Like, there is... Much, much that goes on. Yeah, like... <laughs> Transfer deadline, eh? Where is everybody? Because if you look at that, like, if you no, try and go, like, behind the scenes, like, say, like, Partick Thistle or Falkirk, it's going to be so dire because they're not there all the time. Yeah, but there was the group, there was a really good one they did years ago on Gretna and things like that, where they took it over a whole season and made like a couple of programs out of it. There is one you might see it on the, it's losers and they talk about Torquay United, mm. and it's, it's actually quite interesting because you've got the fans that've been going there for years, etc. But they all say if you're a Torquay fan, you're going to go expecting to lose. Hmm. Because they're either in the relegation battle or they're going up. Well, that, They've never been in between. That always comes into the sort of fans that support these clubs I always think have success in their personal lives so they're able to support losing teams whereas people who have success in their footballing lives are losers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't imagine that's going to go down well. No, not with uh, some fans but that's how I that's how I like to see things. Yeah, are you implying this towards Rangers or... Or Celtic. Yeah, or Celtic, yeah. But that's the thing. Is it that... <laughs> Is it that interesting to support Rangers or Celtic? I don't think it is. Not entirely. Because, you know, if this wall, right, was all Rangers and Celtic shirts, would that be interesting? Not entirely. Because, nah. like, you've is got... Is it interesting if you bump into someone with a Falkirk shirt? Yeah. Because yeah, you never see them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that was a talking point. Is it interesting with a Charlton shirt? Yeah, you never see it. Rangers are dime a dozen, which I think is brilliant because it gives you a community of people to discuss things with. Yeah, because, like, say if you go, like, abroad or anything, you'll see the Rangers and Celtic tops all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you see something else, it's always it's more interesting. Something, yeah. I get that. Thank, thank you, Ro. Oh. <laughs> you feel me, brother? Oh, what no. a dafty! That was very philosophical. We've we've covered a lot this week in terms of society. Yeah, and uh, the background of football, not actually football. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I need to stop collecting football kits. I mean, it's starting to get a bit like expensive. But again, down the line, I never get to wear them. I'd say the only football tops I buy now are Falkirk because that's the team I support. Well, PSG's obviously a big uh, love of mine. Uh, more sofa manager. <laughs> Merch, Merch, hopefully, indeed. if you look at the video, see behind me. It'd be great to sponsor a team. 
Well, you but, know, well, you're not exactly going to go no. for like the sort of Falkirk. But, no, 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 no. We don't have any money for that. <laughs> I would never play my money into Falkirk Football Club anyway. But it, like, they're starting to sponsor stairs, steps. Stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sponsor everything. If that, you stand uh, still close enough, you'll be sponsored is the, is the motto at the club. <laughs> uh, which is very true. But uh, I'm trying to think of good examples of sponsorships and things like that. Of like lower league teams. You've got Williams and Morton's obviously one of the best ones. Yeah, I know, but just like, you know, sort of cult brands. Like, you know, if Copa 90 or something were to sponsor a team or, you know, 442 and like, you know, really follow a team that way. I know Carling have been harping on about, you know, and their new advertising scheme. Yeah. Uh, some random pink side or something like that. But, uh, I wonder if we had the money. So if anyone would like to help us monetize the channel. Because <laughs> we are nowhere near that, sadly. And never will be, but... Um... I think it just depends sometimes, because you've got sort of... If you look at... Was it Aston Villa this season? They're, they're, yes, with a fashion brand. Look, yeah. yeah, that's cool. So like, I kind of like seeing that, because again, it's not what they go for, but they're, they're sort of a casual brand, so it makes sense. Yeah, it's a bit different. But it's good to see something that's not... Like, if you look at some of the tops now, like, they are just, obviously, just a set. So, basically, I think some teams just go in a catalogue, pick one. Because, like, a Puma's maybe got five designs. Nike's maybe got five designs. It's yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing about the Falkirk top behind me this year, for example, in that the Puma logo is stickered on. So, we've obviously went down a different route for that, then. Well, uh, the rumour is that that's going to change in coming seasons. Yeah, but uh, which could be it's better than what we had. So, say... From my standpoint, with the Falkirk top last year, ah. the two tops were identical to Dundee. Uh, the Puma ones. Oh, yeah. they were. Yeah, actually, absolutely identical. Not the red one, but the blue one definitely was. No, they both like like from the color. Like it was the blue one definitely was, but like the red one was. It's the exact same uh, design. No, that's, that's the template you should pick from. So it's a bit disappointing, but we'll see. Very disappointing. Anywho, was there anything else we were going to talk about this week? I uh, don't know. Mm. Celtic. 1-0 last minute Nobody cares but about Celtic They've won the league So it doesn't really matter Yeah they might win the cup We'll wait and see Yeah it Depends if Aberdeen turn up uh, Probably well, not so Usually bottle it against Celtic To be fair It's a shame uh, But uh, by the way Nobody cares As I say Bunch of losers <laughs> <laughs> As I said earlier So Apparently Lee Griffiths Close to returning I, I forgot about him I think it's a total sham As a professional footballer Is he getting paid for it? I think so yeah to be, I, d- I don't understand how his mental health is going to be improving away from the game. I just, I just don't see it because he's still going to pop up at like sort of like though the betting thing became a big thing, so that made it even worse for him. It's his fault. But anyway, on that note, it's time to round off episode seventy-six. We'll see you in the next four weeks <laughs> uh, for episode seventy-seven. Hopefully, uh, hopefully not quite as long as that. We're working on some technological upgrades so we might see John Brown back on the show soon from London to hear about some of his experiences but in the meantime if you have enjoyed be sure to like and subscribe and also follow us on all our social media platforms Twitter Instagram Uh, so I tweeted out this week actually that I'll never complain about Chris Boyd and Chris Commons again (laughs) after the punditry on the Scottish uh, Championship anything so there we go thanks for uh, listening from myself Paul and from myself Andrew And have a good evening, a good afternoon, and a good morning. Bye-bye.